Hello. Hi there. Welcome to From Skirts to Scrubs. I'm Alicia. And I'm Charlotte. And we are two medical students trying to figure out our place in medicine by looking to the past and to current events to try and understand the impact they have on us as women in medicine and women in general. Yeah, and you can find or follow us on social media. We have an Instagram and a Facebook, which are at From Skirts to Scrubs. We also have a Twitter, which is at FSTS underscore podcast. And you can also check out our website for more information on our episodes. We have show notes there, our sources, and more at FromSkirtsToScrubs.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting app that you like, um, as well as leave a rating and review. And Apple Podcast is the best place to do that, but you can also do it on Spotify now. I think you can leave like a star rating. So give us a five out of five if you feel like we deserve it. And welcome to the first episode of our new mini series, which is titled Women as Monsters. So Basically, this mini series is a short series of about like six ish episodes. They're all going to be like 20, 30 minute long um, segments that focus on mythology and history. Each episode, we'll tell the story of a woman who was viewed as a monster within history or within her culture. And since our podcast does have the three tiers of medicine, history, and feminism, we thought we would lean a little more into the history tier for a bit and try something new. So, we hope you like the series. We're really excited for it. If you have any suggestions for us in our, um, in like other series we might do down the road, be sure to let us know and how we can like adjust this series to be better. Um, if we want to do another one in a few months time. All right. So before we get into the episode today, I do want to say that something I'm personally trying to be better at in my life is reflecting on things, especially in my career and just in general. So I'm trying to like set up goals to later reflect on. So Alicia, do you have any goals for this new series since this is like a whole new adventure for us? Yeah, I think one of my goals is to try and lean into the stories of these monsters or like women that have been identified as monsters um, and really Mm -hmm. push myself to try to tie that into my life today and like the way that it can be incorporated into how we understand the way that women are viewed in society, but then also our patient care, if that's like applicable at all. We'll see how it goes because it's not always directly relevant, but there's always stories and history and mythology and folklore that we can learn from. So I'm excited about that. And then the other thing I wanted to say really briefly is that um, as always, we try to be as gender neutral as possible. And we understand that like women and femininity and all of these like words that are typically used to describe like women don't apply to everyone in the same way. Um, But that you can still be a woman and identify as a woman. And so even though these stories and histories typically are targeted at like cisgender women, we know that that is not a universal like way to understand womanhood and that's still beautiful and okay. Yeah, for sure. It's the hard part of history. It's a history is told in a binary. And then I would say my goal is very similar to Alicia's. I really want to reconnect with how like intricate history can be and how like different obscene corners and parts of history can be really relevant to all peoples and genders today. In medicine today, I feel like we have been focusing on very obvious history lately and how like this obviously connects to us today. And I want to really push myself in this series to look at like how different corners of history, different corners of the world can have that same effect on us, even if it's not like super apparent at first. So yeah, that is my personal goal. I'm so happy to hear yours, Alicia, as well. Sick. <laughs> all right. So. <laughs> yeah. 
So for the first episode of the series, we're going to be talking about Pandora. And I do want to say it's just not like a technical version of the story. So don't go out using this like exact version as your source for some paper because it is not word for word. It is a jumble of lots of stories I have read and put it into one and to like make sense for everyone. So if you want to use something for your paper, you can check out our sources and you can find more specific stories within our sources. So just sit back and have some fun with it. But before we get into it, Alicia, do you know any like general things about Pandora? I honestly don't know that much about Pandora, except for that she has a box. There's something about a box and she's Greek, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's an excellent place to start. So I think we should get into it. Let's do it. All right. So our story today begins in 700 BC in ancient Greece. So you were right, Alicia. But it actually starts with a different myth than our main gal, Pandora's, today. So in the beginning, as all things begin, men lived in misery. They were cold, they were sad, they were weak, and they were naked. They were all super naked and in misery. And while the men were struggling, the gods of Greece were just like living it up. And among the gods, there were the Olympians, or like Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, Athena, Apollo, etc. And there are also the Titans. So this is like mm-hmm. Rhea, Kronos, Oceanus, and Prometheus. And now the Titans and the Olympians had this like big battle previously, which you can just imagine as some big family feud. And now the family is all divided up and they don't like each other. But one thing they can agree on is that they think they're all better than men and men deserve to suffer. So that's <laughs> just like one general rule they all have up there. Okay. Everyone thinks that except for Prometheus. Prometheus pities men and he decides to steal fire for them. Mm -hmm. So one night he sneaks in on his little tippy toes into the temple of Athena in in Hyphaestus and steals fire and gives it to men. And he not only gives men fire, but he also teaches them like how to utilize fire. He teaches them how to build fire to stay warm he teaches them how to cook he teaches them how to fashion things out of metal and this alleviates so many of men's struggles because fire is just a wonderful element it has so many uses but Zeus was not all that happy about this he was super angry at Prometheus so what he did is he grabbed that titan and he threw him on a rock oh he chained him there for the rest of his life yeah And then every single day, an eagle would come up and eat Prometheus's liver. And then the (laughs) liver would regrow overnight. And then the eagle would show up the next day, eat it again. Love it. And that's how he had it. That's how he lived his days, which fun side fact, livers do regrow. So did ancient Greeks know that? Unsure. Not the topic of today's episode, but still fun food for for thought right there. Yeah. Prometheus did this. So he's basically getting punished but Zeus wasn't done punishing people he was still just extremely angry at the whole humans have fire thing now so Zeus was like we need to punish men for receiving the fire and using the fire Mm -hmm. even though they weren't supposed to have it so this is where the story gets juicy so Zeus in all his fury makes his way down to high feastus who was like the ugly Hephaestus makes his way down to Hephaestus, who is like the ugly craftsman god, basically. 
not that craftsmen are all ugly or anything. It's just part of his story that he was disfigured. Thanks for clarifying. Important. Yes, yes. Important clarification. It's a whole nother myth for a whole nother day. Um, But that's important part. So anyway, Hephaestus was told to use the mud of the earth to create a virgin for men. So somehow in his magical God way, he takes mud and creates a woman out of it. But they're not quite done there. So after Hephaestus is finished creating this woman, Athena gets to work. Now, Athena teaches this woman how to weave, and she gives her a bunch of outfits that are like the most fashionable pop culture outfits of the ancient Greek day. So she has some absolute like showstopper clothes going on. Mm. After Athena's done, Aphrodite comes and gives her charm and a painful and strong desire. I don't really know what that translates to, but to me, it makes it sound like she just made her really horny Mm. or like all the men are going to be horny for her. Either way, she is a schmexy person. Next, Hermes comes, who's the messenger of the gods, and he steps in and gives her, quote, sly manners in the morals of a biatch. Um, So once again, I'm assuming this means he is giving her the skills of like lying and deceiving because that's kind of like what Hermes is known for, if I had to guess. Um, So basically all the gods keep coming and giving her a bunch of gifts and like giving her all these attributes. The graces come, they give her gold jewelry. The seasons come, they give her like a crown of flowers to wear, et cetera. They just keep rolling in with all the gifts. And eventually all the gods have adorned her with all that they have and they name her Pandora, which means all gifts. Oh, so now Pandora is this like perfect, quote, hopeless trap, deadly to men, as they say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's a good time to mention that at this point, mankind is literally like exactly that. That is only men. Like mankind is, is, is man, is the kind of man. (laughs) There are no women in humanity yet. Like not a single one. Not real sure how that works. Mankind must not be very old because I don't know how they procreate without a woman. Science doesn't really add up. So Pandora is quite literally the very first woman. And from her comes the race of womankind, as the story goes. And as many tellings of the story Mm -hmm. says, it was a race of deadly females who live among men and bring them harm. They would say that Pandora was beautiful on the outside, but empty on the inside, only eating men's food and only taking, but never doing anything to contribute or to give. So men soon learned that this gift of Pandora was a double-edged sword because one, they could now produce and create families in their, like, so that in their old age, their, their children could take care of them and people would inherit their life's work. But now they had more mouths Mm. to feed and their work was not just their own. It was their families and they had wives and men did not like this. Now, at this point, Pandora has been created by the gods and given to men as a gift. This is kind of where the story like branches out a little bit in different ways. In some stories, it just says that she was just given to men and that was it. Like she brought destruction to them just from the pure being of being a woman, which is a little dramatic, but you know, we can talk about that later, but that's one way the story ends. Another way is that she is created and then she's gifted to someone named Epimetheus, who is the brother of Prometheus. 
Now, if I was Epimetheus, I'd be like, the gods literally hate my brother. They chained him to a giant rock where his eagles eat his liver every day. Like, why would they gift me something? Maybe this gift isn't actually a gift, you know? But he, he happily received Pandora. He was like, great. I Like, what are women? I don't know, but I want one. So he received Pandora um, because she was literally perfect. And he decided to marry her. So they have this big wedding and all the gods are in attendance. So it must be like an amazing wedding, I have to say, if there's, you know, every single Olympic god there. And as a wedding gift, because apparently they need more gifts to the happy couple, Zeus gives Pandora a jar or a box. But since it's ancient Greece, it's probably a jar. And he tells Pandora she cannot open the jar for literally any reason, like at all. Like she, he's like, do not open this jar, but here is the jar. Um, oh, what was the jar? What kind of gift is that anyway? I know. What's, what's the point of giving someone like, what if I gave you a box? And I was like, here, Alicia, it's for you, but you can't open it. Yeah, that's it's like sense. giving you a wrapped gift and telling you not to unwrap it, which is literally the problem here. Because like if someone mm-hmm. were to give you a gift and then tell you not to open it, like you would obviously open it. You would obviously want to yeah. see what's inside. Yeah. So that is quite literally what Pandora did. So Pandora opens the jar and all the pain and evil of the world come out of the jar. So it's said that the thousands of troubles now wandered the earth. So when she opened the jar, sorrow, disease, greed, envy, hunger, poverty, war, and death all flew out in the world at top speeds. Apparently these things were not part of the world before. Apparently the world was perfect before women, and then once Pandora came, all these other things came as well. Um, but before the last thing could fly out, Pandora slammed the jar shut. And do you know what the last thing left inside was? It was hope. Hope was the last thing left inside the jar. What? (laughs) She didn't let hope escape? Yeah. And and that, that is the end of my story. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) That's crazy. You look shook it. I'm shook. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. Okay, Alicia, so you look shook at the end of me telling that story. Yeah, the ending in hope, you were like, what? Hope? First, I want to talk about femininity, specifically. And like, what this story of Pandora says about femininity so i'm interested to hear what you think first and then i'll tell you kind of like what i read about it and what people's um like analysis of the story has said oh i like that i i think we talk about femininity pretty frequently on the podcast but i think in the context of this story what i found so striking was the direct relationship between femininity and evil (laughs) like all Mm -hmm. bad things it was like this woman she was known to have all of these like beautiful qualities, but she was empty on the inside. She was just like not a pure woman. And so even from the conception of her existence, she was like meant to be like a diversion or a problem. And, and that is like her femininity was always something that was never a hundred percent positive. Yeah, for sure. That was something that came up 
like when I was reading about it is that people would say like, oh, femininity is alluring and like desirable, more specifically like the sexual part of it. But it's also like viewed as being irrational or uncontrollable or like mm. chaos. That's kind of what Pandora is in the story. Like she's inciting chaos in the world by yeah. being a woman in the world and by emptying this jar and everything's flying out. So like, yeah, like you said, like her femininity is seen as something that's like evil from the start. No one ever like really appreciates her and sees like what she could actually bring to the world. I'm on like a more positive note. It's only seen as like this change is evil, not good. Right. Though I did find it interesting that men lived in misery. And and so even though she released all this evil in the world, like they weren't happy. I know there's a lot of without like her. double negatives in there of like yeah. men live in misery, but then they get fire, so then they're happy again. So maybe that's why they brought women in to make it bad again. Mm. And then unsure not clear just you know misogynistic all around so it's never clear when that's involved but another thing i saw and this i thought was super interesting it was like the very long article that was like analyzing the myth very in depth and one thing that i really liked that i pulled out of it is that this woman was saying that pandora is often seen as like this like evil force this like force who did so much like brought all these terrible things into the world but you could also view her as a transformative force and a source of energy that is both evil but also good so she like brings evil into the world but she also saves hope so by like slamming the jar shut it's controversial what that means and whether she is like not letting hope into the world or if she's like saving it so hope is all they have left like different ways you can view it that's interesting I totally saw it as the first way what did you think I I've always seen it as like hope like is all you have left but doesn't really make sense that's the vibe I've gotten from it which will make a little more sense in the next thing I bring up um but yeah I thought that was interesting that like she could be seen as more of a transformative force and that like something that's transformative like that can be destruction but it can also be like creation it can be like having yeah. like life aff- affirming elements to it, mm. which is interesting. And also ties into the next thing I wanted to bring up, which is Pandora's jar specifically. Because yeah. Alicia, if you think of a jar, think of like you're in a museum and you're looking at like the Greek archaeological section and you're looking at a bunch of jars that have, or think of like you're watching Hercules and like okay. all the women all the women are like singing and they look amazing and they have beautiful voices, but they're jumping around in this jar. What does the jar look like to you? Like anatomically. A uterus? Yes. So mm. some people say that Pandora's jar is actually her womb. And like, if you read it, oh, yes. So if Whoa. you read it as that, then it's her womb, which is crazy because like, you know, the jar has two handles and look like little flipping tubes with legs on them. Super cute. And this is an interesting takeaway because if you look at it like a womb, one, the womb is letting out a bunch of evil into the world, which to me makes me think of like humanity. Cause it's not that humanity is evil, but humanity has lots of good and bads to it. So by, you know, like letting whatever out of the womb, you're putting, you don't even know what's going to happen into the world. Hopefully good. Cause I want to, you know, people are born good, but it's also saying that there is a lot of evil. But what's interesting is that like hope is left. So it's almost like her womb harbors hope still. Like hope 
that humanity uh, can be different and humanity can be good and like hope that you can bring good things into the world. So that's cool. That's an interesting take. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you, what do you think hope being left inside means? Well, I think like I originally was just like, oh no, she left hope behind. Like they truly took this woman and they made her the most negative thing that they could. Mm-hmm. Not only was her existence a problem, but then she went and couldn't co- like quote unquote control her impulses. So she opened this jar, which I'm like literally same. I would have done the same thing. And then in the jar, she released everything evil, but the one good thing, she like kept it from being released. Mm-hmm. But maybe that's a sign of the way that I've been socialized to just like assume that that's what they were trying to do. Because after hearing the way you described it, I'm like, oh, I would want to have this optimistic outlook that no, in fact, she saved hope and hope is the only thing that like they have left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think that's, I think that's like the craziest twist to the story is that like her jar is actually her womb. And like, what does this say about like how you view childbirth and how you view children coming into the world? And like, what does that bring yeah. into humanity? It's, um, it's interesting. That was really interesting. But yeah. That's all I have for this short little story today. I hope it got your gears a turning up in there and lit a lit a mythology and history fire within you so that you can be ready for our next five episodes in this mini series. I loved it. No, I'm so glad you told it. What a good, good. one to start on. Yeah, I like this one. I, I I learned the idea of like her jar being a womb back in college. And it was how like one of my my favorite class in college, how it started was with this story and talking about it. So I was like, that'd be kind of a fun way to start this series because it's like, you can look at something in a way you never thought before. Like most people have probably heard the story of Pandora's jar, Pandora's box is the more like colloquial way people say it today, but you never would have thought of it like as being a womb. And it's, you can like, you can pull things out of history and tie them to today and just have different conversations about it. So excited to do that the next couple of months. Yeah, same. All right. So if if you want to join us on this journey of this mini series and you know our regular content, which when the mini series is over, then go ahead and subscribe to our podcast on whichever podcasting app is your favorite. We really don't care which app. And you can also leave us a rating and review if you have the time. Apple Podcasts is the best place for that, and Spotify is the best place for leaving a rating as well. Yeah, and while you're at it, you can follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the places. And you can check out our website for more information, our show notes, our sources are on there for that term paper you got to write on Pandora's box and you need some (laughs) more legitimate sources, head to our website, check it out. Um, You can also get merch on there as well. And that's from skirtstoscrubs.com. And lastly, here's to the women who fought for us to be where we are today. And may we do the same for those who come after us. Yay, see everyone next time. See you next time, bye. Bye.